welcome to the Money Wise Women Show, brought to you by MoneyMorphosis.com. Are you ready to be inspired to upgrade your financial skills? Listen to feminine leaders sharing practical advice and valuable insights. Shift your money mindset, improve communication skills, and learn financial management tips. Although we do not provide investment advice, you can check out MoneyMorphosis.com. That's money dash M-O-R-P-H-O-S-I-S dot com to find simple ways to boost your true wealth. Welcome, this is Crystal Arnold, your hostess and founder of the Money Wise Women Show and Money Morphosis. So happy to have you here today and really want today to be an inspiring look at redefining feminine success and really looking at uh, what it is to to be in the modern world, which is changing so quickly and how to really claim our value and to engage as entrepreneurs, as creative, purpose-driven business owners with people in a way that really has lasting impact and how to um, basically, yeah, really get get inspired to take our, our businesses and, and our lives to, to the next level for greater satisfaction and pleasure and prosperity for for us and for those we love. And I am super excited to have our guest, Anna Rova, on today. She has a, a very unique perspective, having grown up in Eastern Europe. She was born and raised there. And uh, she, she really believes in creating a thriving community of conscious and awakened women through providing inspiration, tools, and resources where we have a culture where femininity is a strength and not a weakness. And this is why I've invited her onto the show today. So Anna is a femininity and feminine embodiment coach. And she is on a mission to redefine female success and what it means to be a fulfilled woman in the 21st century. She helps women to connect with their feminine core and live a life of fulfillment, freedom, and flow. She is not only a podcaster, she is also a writer, yoga instructor, and I love this term, location-independent entrepreneur, which she will will talk about more about how she's created this life of of freedom to live where she would like. Um, So she's founded Girlskill, an online media platform, publication, and podcast, which empowers women to connect with their femininity through various stories of women around the world. And she really, you know, loves sharing her knowledge of relationship dynamics, the feminine masculine energy balance, and just really has has a wealth of knowledge. And uh, she has um, done over 100 episodes of the Girl Skill podcast, which I recommend uh, checking out at girlskill.com. 
And uh, yeah, so she's interviewed a wide variety of women and is um, currently uh, pregnant with her first child. And so entering a, a new phase of motherhood here. And uh, she, she is really passionate about personal growth, spirituality, yoga, and writing fiction. And as you can tell, it's going to be a lively conversation with her today. So thank you so much for joining us, Anna. Um, would love to hear about what you find most exciting about the work that you do. Hi, Crystal. Thanks so much for having me. Wow, such an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> oh, what do I find most exciting about the work that I do? Oh, my God. Um, everything. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just excited to be doing something that fulfills me on a deeper level. And I am blessed and grateful that I have found it. Um, and just the, just the privilege of doing work that not only fulfills me on a deeper level, but also contributes to women's lives and, in fact, changes lives. Um, I find that the most exciting um, and to see the changes in, in, in women's lives is just incredible, you know? So I find that to be very exciting. And um, yeah, I think I also am very excited about being kind of like the torchbearer in some sort of way um, that are uncomfortable, controversial, um, doesn't come with, without its own sacrifice. Right. But yeah, I find that exciting and that women are actually joining and um, aligning with the message and I get feedback all the time. So that's pretty exciting, knowing that I'm not alone and actually what I believe in in my own personal experience is not some sort of a weird, you know, it's just me. It's it's in fact many, many women who feel this align with this and want to live this way. So mm. Yeah. I, I that is one thing I love about you. I feel like you're just kind of willing to speak uncomfortable truths uh, that may not be very popular and and challenge the status quo and and really uh, yeah I just see how how much courage you have to to speak to um, yeah unconventional uh, beliefs and I am. You know, I'd love to hear more about your um your background and your um your own um money story growing up because uh I've I've never interviewed anyone from um Eastern Europe and and I'm super curious how that um uh informed your beliefs about success mm -hmm. and women and money. Mm. Yeah, thank you for this question. I find it also very interesting. I think that because because of my background, I, I didn't actually realize this, but uh, now I'm seeing the power of it. And I think that's what makes me stand out and be so different because some of the subjects I talk about, not only money-related, but also money-related. You know, some women are like, oh, I never thought about this before, that, you know, in communist times, women were treated like this or... Uh, you know, money was this. And um, because I, I feel like, you know, we've, we're becoming such a global world. And a lot of the times I see everything that's in media, it is primarily American central, centered, um, which, you know, has its 
pluses and minuses, but sometimes it just feels like, you know, when you live in America and I've been there multiple times and lived there, it just feels like this is, this is it, you know, like this is the world. <laughs> and I feel like today it's so important to actually bring in different perspectives because I'm a woman just like you, Crystal, and I'm dealing with the same issues that, for example, so many women deal with, um, so anyways, uh, yeah, so about my upbringing, actually, it's not only Eastern Europe, but it's also um, a communist country, so post-Sovietic Republic. Uh, so I was born in Moldova, which probably most of your listeners um, have never heard about. And I'm usually the first person from my country that people meet. And they're like, oh, where is that? Um, and so for everybody, um, you know, Moldova is a tiny country in Eastern Europe between Romania and Ukraine. Everybody knows Romania and Ukraine, but nobody knows Moldova. Um, and well, well, first of all, because it's tiny, you know, there's, there was 4 million people in total, but um, one fourth of them or even more are now spread out across the world. Um, uh, you know, tra- well, not, not traveling, but actually um, uh, overseas to earn money and send back to the family. Um, it's one of the poorest countries in Europe as well. So that goes back to your money question. Um, and, you know, the reason why nobody heard about it or whatever is because really we don't have many natural resources and no, almost no access to sea. I think we have like 200 meters of access to the Black Sea that we've negotiated one time with Ukraine or something like that. And um, yeah, no mountains, no sea. And I mean, it's a lovely country, but really, um, you know, when people hear about Eastern Europe, they go to like Romania or Ukraine or, you know, all of those countries. Um, yeah, so growing up, you know, my money story is really interesting because I, uh, being raised in the post-Soviet Republic, so I was born in 1989, which, um, you know, in 92, basically the, the Soviet Union has collapsed, collapsed, and I was just three years old, and my parents were going through a massive, I mean, everyone was going through a massive, trend, like, change. Um, and this is when the free market has, has arrived and, and everything. My dad has become an entrepreneur. But before that, I mean, I really grew up and, and my dad was a communist um, or belonged to the Communist Party for maybe about 10 years down the line after the, the, the Soviet regime has, has, has fallen. And so I have really been brought up uh, with the mentality that the Soviet Union and the system, the communist system is the best system in the world. And my dad and everybody in that generation really missed um, that, that part where, well, I won't go into the economics of that, but I think Mm, I wasn't raised in free market mentality or democracy or whatever, whatever, you know, it was really like, you know, the communist mentality was everybody, what is it, according to everybody's needs um, and um, what was it, to everyone's ability, so basically whatever you can do, you you do, but but everybody gets what, what they need, and so, yeah, and so, a lot, a lot of changes, but also growing up, I grew up in an, in a, in a, one of the poorest countries, and and uh, you know to this day, so we live in a very corrupt. So what, Moldova is one of the most corrupt countries still to this day, where I grew up as a teenager, knowing that I basically anything can be bought, and we're talking about docu- things are things are shifting dramatically now everywhere so this is not the reality today but let's say 10 years ago 
or even 20 years ago, 15, um, you know, you could buy pretty much anything. You know, when I was in high school, you could buy your diplomas, you could buy your driver's license, you could, the level of corruption, and that's actually today is just insane. <laughs> and so, because, um, and the government, like, it's just crazy how the government, like, is so divided, and there, there's so many different things, like, um, we're politically, economically divided, and there's so many things that influence, obviously, why this is happening. Uh, but I grew up with this mentality that, you know, if you are rich or you have enough money to live, a, you know, a decent life, then you either must have stolen it um, or, you know, or made money in, in some un um, how to say, in an, in an unjust way. And to this day, I've asked my dad this question when I've already stepped into my journey of like, no, 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 that's not how the world actually works. I mean, in some parts it does, but that's not the reality um, in the Western world, at, at least. Uh, my dad was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. If people have money and they live really well, they must have stolen it um, or, you know, in some unjust way. So the belief that you can actually make a living and a good living, you know, like have everything you want and, I don't know, just have a lifestyle that you want of abundance. Like abundance was not a concept that I grew up in and I never saw it and I never grew up with kids or whatever. The rich kids were always... Um, you know, the bullies, the the ones that were spoiled. Uh, yeah, things. right. There's always so much in our uh our history it can be hard to uh to know what to what to really highlight. Um I, I guess I'd be curious like when when you left uh your uh Moldova and uh and how how you kind of became an an empowered entrepreneurial woman and and what you feel like if there were any aha moments where you kind of had to break through some uh, belief that you were carrying from childhood about money or success as a woman? Mm, wow, that's a deep question. <laughs> well, first of all, Crystal, I want to mention something that I truly believe in, and I, and I think it is a concept that uh, is kind of unpopular or maybe maybe we don't think about it much um, and I have actually to remove I would like to and I think after this interview I, I, I will. I have a problem with the word empowerment and in, empowered woman um, especially where it's everywhere today uh, because simply because and I've come to realize this is like and that's what I teach women in my coaching and in my, in my message um, and that's you know part of the answer to your question is I realized, and I see this today, and I absolutely 100% believe it in every cell of my body, that um, I understood that nobody can give me power and nobody can take it away from me. So this concept of how did I become an empowered woman, I worked on myself and I changed my own beliefs. And I think this was the question that you asked. But I just wanted to um, clarify that... Um, I truly believe, and I'm very individualistic, you know, I, it's, it's very interesting how I have this discussion, sometimes debates with people where I truly believe in the individual power of a human being, and especially, especially if you're a woman, um, there's some incredible powers that we have that are not taught to us, not shown to us, and so on and so on. So this idea of being empowered because somebody else has given me the possibility or whatever, uh, I just don't believe in this because everything I have today and the, the life that I've built, I've built it. I, I don't want to say on my own, 
um, because that, that would be not true uh, because I've had a lot of support systems. Um, and, but yes, the empowerment, the quote unquote empowerment I, I have today was based on my own, the change in my beliefs and mentality. So what happened actually, um, I think there were a couple of pivotal moments when the first one was, was when I was 17, I actually went to the U.S. Um, I won a competition um, to, as a home. So I went to the U.S. as a high school exchange student where I lived in an American family in Virginia for a year and went to high school and was a senior in high school and all of that. And you can imagine coming from where I came from, where literally, you know, you only went to the store with a, with a short list. And it's still to this day, like this was the reality 10 years ago, my dad and so many families and the, I mean, in Moldova, people live like this. You don't go to the store to buy new shoes because, um, you know, because you just feel like shopping (laughs) or like, you don't buy shoes because you feel like, Oh, that's cute. Let me just get that. Um, you know what I mean? Like you go to the store to buy shoes because you have a hole in your shoes that is beyond repair. The first step would be to go and repair your shoes or your clothes or whatever. And then you go and buy a new pair. Um, so when I, when I went to the U.S., it, I was completely mind-blowing. Like my reality, I had such a big cultural, um, how do they call it, cultural shock it was just amazing. Like I, I remember I went into Walmart and first of all, when I arrived to the U S all the cars were shiny and clean and all the houses looked like they were on TV and in movies. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is actually the reality. Like people live like this. And for me as a teenager, I don't know why I still have this idea of watching TV and thinking like things in the TV are not real. Do you know what I mean? It's like just weird. And then I remember we went into Walmart with my, you know, host parents where I lived with a family and I was just walking like I've never seen a store like this in my life. And I was just walking along the aisles and they were telling me, oh, uh, what, 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 what cereal you want? What ice cream you want? And I was just looking at all of this and I was like, oh, my God, like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> there were like 20 different kinds of cereal that I could buy and <laughs> you know all these different flavors and ice creams and and this was my reality every day when I was in the U.S. It's just incredible you know I was just like oh my god what is this and so yeah so long story short this was my first moment into like wow like this is amazing <laughs> and so yeah, but then I came back uh, to, to, to Moldova, finished high school, went to college, um, and in college I was exposed to all of these different intellectual ideas and cultures and everything. I went to an American school, also in Eastern Europe. Um, but I think that the next pivotal moment for me when I w- actually started a job, so I went to Malaysia where I, I found a job um, in, a, in, a, in an amazing company like the Google of, of Asia. And I ended up spending there about three years learning everything I know about online marketing. Um, and it was a personal growth company as well. Perhaps your listeners know it. Um, it's Mind, Mind Valley. It's quite popular um, around you know spiritual growth circles and all of that. Um, and so not only I was I was learning everything I knew today or you know after uh, about online marketing because Mind Valley is one of the um, let's say one of the companies that stands forefront um, when it comes to marketing in general and launches and working 
you know, in the personal growth field in terms of business and marketing, which allowed me to open up my bags and travel the world and work online, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're going to ask me about this location-dependent lifestyle that I've been having for the last almost four years, and three and a half. But also what's very curious is that I, because Valley worked with all these different authors in the personal growth industry, by default, I was exposed to personal growth, which for me, you know, where I come from and still to this day, Eastern Europe, it's like at that time, if people meditated, like that's what I had an idea. Meditation is for crazy people. Um, or I was never exposed to personal growth in general. And so for me, it was a complete mind shift there. And I remember launching this like million dollar you know, products and launches and everything, just being exposed to all these ideas about, you know, mindset shifts and, and ideas about personality and life and abundance. And this those years being there um, completely changed me as a person. Um, but in terms of money, I remember specifically there were, I was, because I had to sell these programs, <laughs> you know, and sell and market, and I really had to get to know them and talk to the authors and everything. And um, I remember getting exposed to these ideas of, you know, where do money beliefs come from, from our parents' childhood? What was the reality? And then how are you playing these beliefs in your life, you know? And, uh, and then I realized, like, oh my God. I've all my life lived thinking that rich people are greedy, you know, money is evil. Um, <clears throat> I never learned how to save. I never had a good relationship with money. Abundance mindset was not something I've ever seen and so on and so on. And so slowly I started changing it. Um, and there was one pivotal moment, I think after about two and a half years or actually three being in the company where my growth in the company was so fast. Um, because things were changing, there's a lot of um, you know young people. The career growth growth was just amazing, you know. And then three years, I became one of the managers and was just launching this like million dollar businesses and relaunching things and webinars and everything was great. And then you know what I was doing and producing for the company did not really match what I was getting in terms of salary. And so, and because I've also established myself as a professional, you know, I, I wasn't that girl after college anymore, the naive girl who didn't know her value or, um, you know, I wasn't questioning myself that much. I've established myself as a professional, so to say, I knew what I was doing. Like I knew what I know is really valuable. Like if I can launch with my knowledge, if I can launch and uh, bring in so much revenue for this company, imagine in America what other companies would pay me. And so I just had this pivotal moment where I was like, what am I doing? Like it was done with Malaysia and, you know, done with my relationship. So it was all together. And then I just knew deep down, you know, in my body and in every cell that I like, I deserve more. Like, this is not enough. That's not the lifestyle I want to live and with my knowledge and everything. And uh, this is when I also got exposed to this location-dependent lifestyle and uh, being a digital nomad. And so, you know, so it happened that I was like, you know what? I'm I'm done. Like, I'm gone. So I packed my bags. I bought my one-way ticket to Bangkok. And um, I started traveling and working online. So that's kind of, um, and there were, of course, many pivotal moments along along the line. But um, I think this would be the summary of it. 
Wow. What an interesting life you've lived. And, you know, how, how cool you could do all that before, um, you know, choosing to become a mother and have a family. Mm. And uh, mm. I'm, I'm really glad I, too, got to, to travel a bit internationally before uh, settling down and, and making a family. And, of course, you can travel with children, but um, it is a different phase of life. Um, I really appreciate how how you use the opportunity for uh, personal growth at that job and, and just being exposed to so many thoughts and um, wisdom and integrating that into your own life. Uh, sounds like such an amazing uh, education, you know, that you were um, provided there and so fortunate to have. Um, so you told, I'm, I'm curious, you know, when you began working remotely, uh, I, I think you told me there was some moment where you actually asked for double the pay and wondering if you could tell us more about that. <laughs> yeah, I find the story amazing. And, you know, whenever people ask me about money or whatever, I, I always tell it because because it really is in our own mindset. That's when I talked about being empowered or having choices or whatever it all. And I'm sure still you've interviewed so many women about this. It's it's all really inside of us, you know. That's why I'm saying it's it's not... And I've always been ambitious and driven, and, and I knew all the answers are inside of me. And so, I don't know. I It's it just sometimes I think about where does this come from, you know, because as a, as a teenager, actually as a child, I was always a natural leader. I knew what I wanted. And so, I think for me, just because of my personality and character, um, I think it, it was easier, but also because I matured very early. Like, my mother passed away when I was really young. I was eight. Um, and I had to mature very early and learn learn life at a very young age. Like, I, was, I started working when I was 14. Like, all of my friends were, you know, going with parents to the Black Sea and um, having a really good childhood, whatever. I was working, delivering pizzas by foot um, eight hours. I realized the value of money and had my own money since I was a child. So, anyways, this is like the, the preface to it. Um, um, but... Yeah, so so all of this came with this realization that, oh my God, like I know that what I know, people will pay for it, big money. And it was a transformational internal shift inside of me. I also understood, which I didn't realize before, which was weird. It was like, you know, after college, I mean, I was just 26. I mean, I was 23 when I joined Mindvalley and I was 26 when I left. Um, and I mean, when I left traveling, I stayed with them for about half a year. Um, and I also realized I was just looking around and I also realized that, you know, finding good people with common sense, good workers, good employees with ethics and, um, you know, like this built in discipline and ethics to, to, to for work in general for, um, you know, adhering to your responsibilities, uh, delivering due dates, being on time, uh, all of these things. And because I'm a millennial, um, I mean, it is known that millennials kind of lack these skills on, on, on some level. Um, and, I, and, I, and I was standing out. Uh, and I think because I've built my work ethic and discipline since I was a little girl and my, my, my father, I have to thank my father for that as well because he was very, very strict with us. We didn't receive love. Uh, there were many crazy things in my childhood, but what my father taught, taught us about values and the 
the value of working hard and um, the discipline and everything was was um, invaluable for me. And so deep down inside, not only my beliefs changed about money, but I was like, oh, you know, if I grow up so fast and I can do all of this, then the world is really my oyster, you know. And to this day, I see like people asking questions and I'm like, incredible how critical thinking is is um is not that common i suppose i don't know what's your opinion crystal on this but i just see this social and i think it's related to the social media and the world we live in and the news and whatever you know so 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 yes i was looking for a new job in online marketing um where i wanted to travel and i and i just envisioned this job i started doing some freelance having many clients and you know going into consulting but consulting was wasn't really my thing i just didn't want to manage a bunch of clients and i realized that you know consulting is really about managing clients and their the relationships and everything. I just wanted to do my online marketing thing and get paid for it. And I envisioned a lifestyle that I wanted. And I said, you know what? I'm going to travel. I'm not going to backpack. I'm going to travel with a decent suitcase. I'm going to live in a really nice apartment, um, you know, doing the things I love. And I envisioned a number uh, in my head that was, and I asked myself, what is the highest number that I could possibly think of? that would allow me to travel the world in style and class <laughs> and work online. And then I had this number, which was like twice the amount that I was getting before as a salary. And But I just imagined it. You know, I did some practices and everything. I just felt myself so worthy of it and whatever. And then was, when I was looking for a job, I remember I was in an interview, and um, it was a long negotiation. But when we got on the call with um, – with the the CEO of the company and we talked about these different things. And at the end when he asked me, so, so how much money do you want? Um, and I think this was the scariest moment of all. I, <laughs> I just paused and I don't even know how I pronounced the number, you know, and I said the number and I was just sitting there and there was a, there was a long pause. And, and in fact, when this interview happened, I remember I was in Moldova and it was just crazy because, like, I at that time I was staying with my auntie who also has an alcoholic pro- uh, alcoholic problem. Winter, and, like everybody around was miserable, and here I'm asking for like you know more money that any Moldovan could imagine, um, because with that amount of money, you could literally, I mean, it was it was, it was more than four grand US a, a month, something that Moldovans earn ten times less, just to give you a a, a reality check there. And then, and then the company was American in California, in San Diego, and he looked at me and he said, um, yeah, I think we can do that. Uh, and we were signing a contract for a year, you know? And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then, and then the call ended, and I was just sitting there. I, I just couldn't believe it, you know? <laughs> it's like, holy moly. And I, it was, it was incredible. It was just, I... I remember I started messaging some of my friends that were making some decent money and having businesses and saying, what do I do now? Like, what would you do if you would double your income in, in, in a day? Like, do I invest? Like, what, what, what the hell do I do? <laughs> oh, my God, it was incredible. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that's what happened. <laughs> wow. Not to say that, you know, I had, I had other pivotal moments, and I think I should mention this, Crystal, because you asked me. 
I think meeting my husband um, was one also one of the pivotal moments in terms of how I thought about money. Um, and if, if you want to talk about this, I can share this with you. Um, but just depends where you want to go from here after this story. <laughs> oh, what a fantastic story. I love how you broke your own glass ceiling and, and really received, you know, what you felt like you were worth. And, uh, wow. Thanks for sharing that. I, um, I do want to take a, a quick break now, and then when we come back, uh, yeah, would love to talk a little bit more about about uh, you know some of the struggles and opportunities in relationship uh, as far as financially and and different expectations, and and hear about your experience, and and also you know hear about undercharging, and that's uh, a common struggle for so many people, and and we can also go in a little bit more into what success you know really means to you and uh and so let's uh let's take a short break and we'll be back in just a moment are you ready to enjoy greater financial freedom perhaps you're like emily a creative entrepreneur who wants to increase her income to provide for her family using the free video training found at discoveryourtruewealth.com. She learned the secrets to accessing hidden resources and creating lasting wealth. Emily learned a persuasive negotiation technique to bring in more money with her top clients. She boosted her credit score and opened new financial doors while reducing expenses. And she took specific steps to strengthen her existing relationships and create a safety net for her business. With the Discover Your True Wealth training, thousands of women have improved their bank balances and secured their family's future. With this free video course, you'll transform beliefs, behaviors, and skills with money. Take charge of your financial situation with the training found at discoveryourtruewealth.com. Hey, we're back with... uh Anna Rova, and just uh, hearing some of her incredible stories of her money journey and uh, journey as uh, the breakthroughs and and uh, the the learning and growth that happened uh, for her. So yes. So many uh, people listening, you may be in relationship right now. And as you know, there can be um, certain opportunities and and challenges that come with with being in a marriage or a committed uh, partnership. And as far as how to share the finances, what expectations are there uh, for people on how much they contribute financially to the to the relationship. And of course, there's different seasons in life too. You know, when, when I took uh, many years, four, about four years off being a stay-at-home mom after having my two kids, you know, my husband was providing for us and I was so grateful for his support and, and that felt really, um, yeah, nourishing to uh, to have that time. And, and yet every woman is different as far as the work-home life balance and and how they want to uh, want to create a life that is satisfying and, and fulfilling and and 
of service. So um, there is a lot to talk about here. And um, so I'd love to hear, uh, as you were mentioning, the story of of how you met your husband and anything Mm -hmm. else you'd like to say about couples and money. I got to say a lot about couples and money. Um, And as you mentioned, Crystal, so first of all, thank you for sharing the story of um, taking leave or, you know, being a stay-at-home mom. And um, for four years, I mean, that's a long time. Um, So, yeah, so I, I, you know, thank you for sharing that because I think it's important to share that, especially in these times where I feel like the value of being a mother and a wife um, is like, is just diminished in a way that it's not, it's just taken for granted. And I, in my coaching, and this is actually something that is, is an important part of my message to women. Um, in terms of in my coaching, like I've just had a client uh, coaching coaching call last week where, you know, today, I mean, that's, that's my whole message. Yeah. It's like today women have so much opportunity and possibility. It's amazing. And I know there is a movement out there and there's women out there who, who are talking about, who are fighting for more and more opportunity, more, um, and, you know, fighting all the injustice that's going on to, to this day for women and, and all of that. And I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not denying that. I'm just not part of that movement. Uh, and simply because I choose to look at the world today and see possibility and opportunity, because honestly, I think that as women, we've never had, and I, I mean, this is true, as women, we've never had access, especially in the Western world, right? Um, never had access to so much possibility and opportunity. But with that comes a lot of challenges, um, come a lot of challenges that we have to do. So we have to deal with as modern women and you know we have this idea or the idea of female empowerment today or or quote unquote you know the the, the new movement of feminism uh what it's telling us um uh, is that we can and should do it all and this is one of the first key mind shifts that i teach women or i share with women of course you know i'm not a guru or whatever whatever but this idea that we can do everything is just um, from what I see is destructive to to the female to the feminine essence woman and perhaps I mean majority of women women would identify with a fe- being a feminine essence woman and we can talk about masculinity and femininity I'm a huge fan um, of David Data and I talk a lot about these concepts because it's really important to understand and I talk about going with the flow of your natural essence not fighting it and so. Because of everything that's happening today, it's like, you know, like my client last week, she says, oh, you know, but I have these two young daughters and, and, and I'm a stay-at-home mom and I'm trying to build my coaching business. But my husband, he, you know, we, we, we talk about it and I just feel like I don't bring enough value to the family and he doesn't see the value in me being a mother and, and a wife. And, um, you know, I just want to prove to him that this coaching business can work and I want to be financially independent and like all of this stuff. And, and that just... Um, you know, I'm like, <laughs> but you can't do it all. I mean, it's it, this idea of a 50-50 that we've come today, I personally do not stand on board on this because I'm sorry, uh, but as a woman and as a mother and a wife, like you bring your own qualities to the table um, and they don't have to be financial. You know, women have 
magical abilities, incredible powers that do not come to the finances. And in fact, Crystal, I don't know, I think I've heard it on your podcast, Crystal. I can't remember the woman who was talking about this, but women in the 50s were much happier than women today. Can you imagine this? When, when they were dependent on their husbands. And so I believe the reason for it is because they, they just did not have to push, you know, uh, so much to, to become this independent and strong woman. And I just, I'm just not on board with the whole, this, this whole thing where women have to be, yes, independent and strong and whatever, but not, that's not the masculine um, approach to independence and strength. So this is, I talk a lot about these subjects. And so, you know, in a relationship, I teach women and I coach women in understanding that this 50-50 doesn't work uh, in terms of, and when we say 50-50, we divide all of the responsibilities between couples in just 50-50, you know. I bring half of the income, you bring half of the income. Um, you know, I, I want to, so some women tell me, I want to be able to pay for daycare and, and all of this, and it's all 50-50, and husband comes home, and he, you know, we all cook dinner 50-50 and everything. Um, and this is my personal view. Right, like I've implemented uh, in my life this idea of not 50 plus 50 equals 100 as a couple and as a household, but actually 100 plus 100 equals 200. Um, and understanding that, where we 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 need to play roles in the family, and I'm curious, Chris, what you have to think, what to say about this. Uh, we we all play our roles, and knowing what your strengths are, and working with your natural essence. And understanding that you can't do it all because what happens today is we take too much on ourselves. We are not only caring for our children as women and, you know, um, as wives also supporting our men, but we also go to work and we work a lot and we feel like we owe everyone everything. We do everything for everyone and we need to be strong. Oh, my God. Uh, And men don't have to deal with this. And so I see this as like a huge problem and. In couples, so when I met my husband, I think the the secret to our relationship and marriage, a successful marriage, and of course we haven't been married for a long time, um, but you know, in my coaching, my experience, allowing the man to take a lead and allowing him to provide, uh, which is his natural mm, masculine essence need, uh, which comes so much easier to him than to me. Um, so, and then allowing myself to just relax and receive has been the most transformational thing. That's why I said, thank you for sharing the story, Crystal, that you allowed your husband to provide. And so many women struggle with this, right? I mean, you could have gone to, to, to have a job like three weeks or six weeks in America. What is it? Maternity leave ridiculously small. Just yeah. gone and worked, right? And then put your kids in, in daycare. That's it. Like, that's how women live. I mean, I need to bring money to the table and I need to build my business and I need to prove everything to everyone and I need to be strong and independent. And you didn't do that. And, um, and of course, women have choices. Like, I'm not saying, well, what are you saying, Anna? Like, we should just stay home and whatever. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that what we need to understand is that nothing is required of you. You don't need to, that's, that's the work and my core message in Girl Skill and my coaching. We don't need to prove everything to anyone anymore by qualifications, by going to work and everything. If you are in a relationship that has polarity, where you are a feminine essence woman, your man is a masculine essence woman, we need to learn as women to allow the men or the masculine essence men in our lives 
to do what they're good at, what they want to. <laughs> you know, their natural essence as masculine men is to want to provide, is to want to take care, is to want to feel a hero in your life that he can go to work and come back home and bring home the bacon, you know? And I'm, I'm talking about evolutionary terms as well, like thousands and thousands of years ago. And of course, we live in modern times. But what I've learned in my own experience, in my own life, and through the many women I've coaching, is a, a, a woman's job is to be happy and fulfilled. If she's bringing money from a place of worth and fulfillment into the family, that is the best place to be at. Not from a place of, um, I need to bring the 50-50 income. And one last thing I want to say, Crystal, is like there's this idea of, my my husband's making more money than me or I'm making my, more money than my husband and all that. I don't believe in that either because the wealth that is created is a family and this is something I talked about to, to this client that we talked about. And I've kind of challenged her perspective and saying, well, how about we look at this not as you bringing in the money and you becoming financially independent and not feeling trapped, but how about involving him in what you want to do? How about looking at a family unit? Because a man, you know, we all know that men have all this support system, especially in terms of women. I mean, you know, you look at most successful couples and most successful men, of course, they're self-made men as well. But I believe that as a woman, you bring tremendous inspiration, motivation, and, and a push in some sort of a magical spiritual level as well, as well as practically, you know, uh, because I know that it's so much easier for my husband to make that four, five, 10K, you know, uh, than it is for me pushing, pushing, pushing all the time um, because I bring different qualities to the table. Anyways, I've thrown around a lot of different subjects, so um, different, I guess, controversial things. Uh, so I'm curious, Crystal, where do you want to go from here? Oh, yes. So fascinating and, and such a, a relevant, timely topic, too, as women are stepping into politics more, really, you know, stepping up in a feminine way instead of, you know, with the more masculine qualities that we saw with the feminist movement in the early 70s here in America. You know, it was the the masculine qualities that they needed to wear suit pants. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, has, has created this um, almost economic uh, necessity for many people to have a two uh, income household. And, you know, that is, is um, I think, very challenging to the natural health of a whole family. And I love how you're emphasizing this, this whole system of a family. And so often uh, the caring economy is not measured and valued in dollars and all mm -hmm. the ways that whoever is doing the cooking, the cleaning, the middle of the night feeding of the baby, uh, there, there's so much service uh, for aging parents, you know, the, the ways that people care, uh, predominantly women are often caring for the elderly and, and the young. And so that to be acknowledged is so powerful, I found in those times when I wasn't bringing in income, but was just holding together the household and and uh, mm -hmm. providing value in that way. His his acknowledgement of me, his appreciation of me, meant so much, and uh, just really encouraged people to uh, 
to do that in your partnerships. You know, he, he was providing financially um, so I could buy the food. But when, you know, I prepared it with love he, and he appreciated that, that meal, it really uh, did mean a lot. So I think part of this conversation is expanding our um, sense of what value and wealth and success is beyond the financial realm because we are uh, such multidimensional people that we we need to include, you know, uh, how are our relationships doing? How is my, you know, am I caring for my physical body, my emotional and, and spiritual health? And so I feel like we really are uh, shifting both, both systemically. There's like the, um, away from just uh, the what can be measured by money and seeing that is the only valuable thing and and towards a more um, sense of well how what is the health of people how are people doing even when the GDP is growing are people getting sicker and you know more stressed and all that so is there anything else you want to say about you know your um, kind of how you challenge the the myth of the wage gap and what your thoughts are about that. <laughs> oh my goodness, here we are, here we are of the the, the wage gap. Well, um, I've written an article actually, you know, uh, discussing the wage gap and and the myths of it. And I think Crystal, we have discussed it a little bit on my podcast. Where I've interviewed you and. Um, you know, it's a very sensitive subject, um, and I really went to writing it, and it became one of the most controversial things I've ever written, of course, and I got a lot of backlash. Um, I got a lot of backlash and a lot of debates <clears throat> on this subject, and I also got a lot of personal messages uh, that women saying, I am with you on this. And so, and these are, what I've written about is mostly... Um, my own experience, but also also things that I've heard and learned and um, from other like intellectuals, um, you know, in the whole in the whole kind of feminism and, and, and women's roles in today's society and, and incomes and all of that. So I want to address first my, my personal experience. And, um, you know, there's this thing about like, that's what I, I think why some of my messages are controversial or um, you know, just kind of um, sit uncomfortably with some people because because it seems like we only talk about, well, you know, the loudest voices today are the voices that are victimized, for example, or, um, you know, who, 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 who are not getting paid, <clears throat> you know, an equal amount and so on and so on. And, you know, with the Me Too campaign and everything, which, which is absolutely valid and I'm not denying anyone else's experience. But I, that's why I wrote this article. I was like, well, I'm a woman too. And is my experience and my voice less valued less and doesn't deserve to be shown or, you know, listened to because I don't have that experience? Um, and my sharing of my experience and my views on, on things is not to diminish someone else. You know, we, we live today in a really weird like modern time with media and social media, it's like uh, I just believe in the equality of voices. You know, the, I I believe in looking at two sides and saying, oh, that's interesting. You know, 
how, like, I believe in critical thinking and asking questions and challenging ideas and not necessarily. So that's what I wrote about. It's like people talk about generalizations, you know, like I've had a woman on my podcast talking about how democracy was made by all these white men to keep them rich. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You know, this is such a generalization. Um, to make and we don't need to go there right now but I'm just saying or like you know women on every dollar uh, of a man a woman makes what what is it like 80 80 cents and then of course when you hear it as a woman and also as a man but mostly as a woman you're like what that doesn't seem fair what's happening you know but then so what what that's what I've written about it's like a statement like this that actually Obama says on TV you're like well, if he says it, or if so many celebrities go out there and say it, or like another statistic, Crystal, that, what was it, one in four, one in five women has been sexually harassed in America. And so these two statements that I mentioned to you before, we just take them, we start repeating them on social media, creating all these pretty Instagram pictures, and we... Um, further perpetuate the message and we push it and we push it and we push it and we believe in it and we behave it. And so what happens is like we build resentment and we build frustration towards the system, towards the patriarchy that only wants women to keep women in the kitchen or whatever, um, misogynist society, all of this. So, and all of this kind of snowballs into this whole, I I mean, I stopped scrolling uh, like a year and a half ago because I'm like, I can't deal with this. (laughs) Like, it's just not, I'm not saying it is not true, but I believe we lack critical thinking. And so I'm going to mention two names here. One of them is Christina Somers, um, who is an intellectual, an author, a psychologist. um, And, you know, she's uh, teaching in universities and she talks about, she challenges a lot of the data and a lot of the, like, for example, for one dollar of what a man makes, 80, you know, 80 cents a woman makes, she challenges that. And she asks, where is this data coming from, for example, or where is the data coming from that one in five women has been sexually harassed today? And then she goes in and she digs deep. And in fact, she finds out, like you can find her on YouTube if you're interested. She finds out that, in fact, that study wasn't done properly because there are some questions there that ask, have you ever been inebriated as a woman and have been taken advantage of sexually? And of course, women would say, yes, I mean, I've been in that situation, right? Have been, now we got a question, what, what does it mean to be taken advantage of? Oh, you know maybe having a sexual interaction, having sex with a man, when you wanted to say no, but, but you went with it. Um, well, let's not get there. But the point I'm trying to make is like, when I, because I started questioning these ideas, because honestly, I didn't, so that was the main debate that we had. I said, I did not experience this. I never felt discriminated as a woman at a workplace. And that also comes, I believe it's on two levels. Um, And this is where the controversy comes from. This comes from my background. That's what I wrote about. And some women were were like, oh, I never thought about this. In communist times, women were never seen as um, inferior or that they should be in the kitchen. In fact, women were sent to work because the communist government understood that these are two pairs of hands and this is labor. And they needed 
like they needed workers. And so whether you're a woman or not, it doesn't matter. You just go to work and you produce. And so I grew up with this mentality as in like, I never thought of myself as a less because of my gender. Um, you know, women were just working and I don't know, like women are fierce in Eastern Europe, post-Soviet Republic. Like men are scared. <laughs> I think they're scared in America as well. But like, I just get, I never had this mentality. Does that make sense in terms of like, I never grew up with an idea that, oh, because I'm a woman, I could earn less. And, and think what it did to me in terms of asking for a raise, going places. And of course, I had some cultural biases because I'm a girl, perhaps. But let's imagine for a second that we stopped talking about today in the media in America about being a girl and a woman earned less and victimization. And all of it. Let's just stop. And, and for example, let's imagine tomorrow girls, little girls don't hear that. And they just we just move on. <laughs> and then and then and then we'll see what happens in about 15, 25 years. I personally believe that there will be women like grown up women who are actually going to ask for what they want. I mean, of course, there's many, many factors to it, but I hope it makes sense what I'm saying. And so from my personal experience, because I did not have this belief, because again, going back to my individualistic kind of perspective on the world, it's like, if you want something, you're going to go and get it. Nobody has to give you permission. We have so many examples of women who went for it and didn't ask for permission, didn't ask for anyone giving them power. If they were sexually harassed or whatever, if somebody said something at work, like there was an asshole guy here and there, I turned around, I say, thank you very much, but no thank you. I go and, and I take what I want. You know, to me, that's, I mean, that's how men operate in the world. Like what, men don't get bullied at work or whatever? Yes, they do. But I don't make that an issue because of my gender. And so I just wanted to mention that. And the second thing, the second person I want to mention, Jordan Peterson, who talks about the pay gap. And because I have this kind of unsettling thing in terms of, wait a second, this just makes sense. Is it, is it really true that, you know, two people at the same job, like let's say if I'm a salesperson or whatever, you know, me and another man, we get the same position. Is my paycheck going to say, you know, is his paycheck going to say $15 an hour and my paycheck is going to say 20%. No, I mean, if that was happening, I mean, maybe that's happening, but like, I don't imagine it because this is like against the law. Now, what happens is going forward, right, in career paths and everything, and everything I'm saying, I understand there's so many different factors to it, so I'm not denying anyone's experience. I was just questioning in my mind. I'm like, what's going on? Let me find answers here. Like, something is not, you know, the puzzle in my head needs to get complete. So I heard an interview of Jordan Peterson. He basically says that the pay gap, actually, yes, it does exist, but it is, it is a myth in terms of how it is portrayed. So it's not that women earn less because they are discriminated against their gender. There are very specific factors that contribute to them. And then I listed those factors according to Jordan Peterson. I cited him. So it was not like I woke up one day and say, oh, well, this is happening. First of all, women are, so one, one factor is that we know that by nature, women are more agreeable. And this quality 
makes us very good mothers. And, you know, this is biological evolutionary. You know, women are more agreeable, makes us good mothers, makes us bond and connect with other human beings, uh, makes us, you know, the, the power of the community. As you mentioned, Crystal, it's, it's amazing how not we don't measure everything in terms of money or material wealth. And so this was the first one. Now, how do we build more assertiveness in women is another issue. But because women are more agreeable, they, they ask less for promotion. They ask less for what they want and so on and so on. They're not as assertive as men. They don't take as many risks, and not only at work, but in general in life, you know? It's like, like Crystal, you have children. I'm going to have my own child. For me, the priority is going to be the child and not, let's say, to kill a mammoth or, you know, like to... I don't know, my husband would probably go and fight, yeah, his natural instinct. I would take care of the baby and hide him and all that. So, so that's agreeable. Now, the second, the second factor is also that Jordan Peterson gives this example. A woman in her career, so it's not like actually there are companies around the world, and especially in America, you know, lawyers and, and like – they're losing their top women as partners because women at their 30s, in their late 30s or whatever, I mean, this happened to me actually much earlier, but a woman in her career in her 30s one day wakes up, and I'm not talking about this is everyone, but a lot of women do, wakes up one day and says, hey, wait, 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 wait a second. <laughs> you know, I'm busting my ass off working 16-hour days making this incredible income by that time she's probably with a partner or not but then she's like oh wait a second but like i i want a family you know um i want to perhaps have children and perhaps have a partner and i realize i don't want i don't need to work that why am i working that like why and i'm stressed and i'm sick and what's what's going on so a lot of women actually choose to you know focus on their families and so of course women are not at the top anymore because of children and they lose a couple of years and all this. So my point is, Crystal, is having this critical thinking about what's going on. And, and last thing I want to mention about this is to me, even though, so let's, let's assume that what I'm saying is like complete BS. It's not true. But you know what? Me believing in this and having the thought and the belief that in fact, what I'm hearing today and that women are paid less on purpose and the patriarchy has been designed to keep me in the kitchen, da, da, not believing that actually is much more beneficial to me and my life because I'm going to go and I'm going to take the opportunities I want and I'm going to have a positive mindset towards my life rather than having a belief and again, I'm not denying these movements and experiences, but I'm just saying for me personally as an individual woman today, having dreams, having goals, being ambitious, but also realizing that I, I am a woman and my body is designed to create life. And I don't work in the same way that a man does. I just find that, even, even though I believe that what I just said is absolutely true, but let's say it's complete BS, but it is helping me to have a much more positive and healthy outlook on life, on people, on men, which is very important. What's happening today is men are belittled. A white man in America is like confused. He can't even talk at the table anymore, which I find very sad. Um, so basically, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just love your, your willingness to, uh, to think critically and, and bust through some of those cultural 
beliefs that that do continue to um, suppress women's creativity and potential uh, in in the way that people do buy into to them blindly and and how to how to redefine our our beliefs about you know uh, in my work about wealth and and in your work around security female success and and what that really means to people and so i just love your courage to uh to kind of bust through some of those things that maybe we just sounded feminist and sounded you know good it's almost like the greenwashing equivalent of of, uh feminism that that you know some Mm. of these these deep held beliefs beliefs are actually um uh, not uh, not totally true, and so I I just love how how you explained that and broke that down, and we'll put um, some of those links that you mentioned in in the blog post here that everyone can read at uh, money-morphosis.com. Um, so I do want to remind people to uh, check out your Girl Skill podcast at uh, girlskill.com and just some fascinating uh, interviews there. And uh, and let's see, some of uh, the ones that, that you mentioned that were specifically around money, if people want to um, search for these. Um, Shannon De Palma was a guest. Also, Danita Doe. And mm-hmm. Emily Utter are three uh, episodes that that people may want to look at. And also in in the blog post here, I'll um, link to your article on on the pay gap, so people can uh, dive into that a little bit more. And and uh, just love your courage and ability to uh, to speak up on some of these uh, issues. So I'd love to hear more about uh, the webinar that you have available for for people to uh, listen to uh, around the laws of female success. Could you uh, tell us some more what what listeners could expect and where to find that? Yeah. So actually, I'm I'm in a bit of a transition in that sense. Um, but I've you know my so far my evergreen training was the lie the lie of female success, and um, I talk about everything I talked to you about, Chris, today, the, the modern female epidemic, what is causing women, um, you know, the disconnection, the complete disconnection from their bodies and their cycles and how we're denying and rejecting our womanhood and how that affects our day-to-day lives, um, how to get from our head into our bodies and all of this. And that's the coaching that I do primarily in feminine embodiment. Um, and so that particular training um, has been evergreen. People were, you know, you're able to sign up right now. I'm not sure when you're going to release this and, and what is the exact training going to be. I've just done another live workshop on a little bit of a different subject. So it's all it's all around the same subject, you know, like what I shared with you today. But the the one that I did live was basically how to um, break free from overworking perfectionism and trying to do it all, which I shared with you today, uh, where I talk about, you know, why women can't and should not do it all and actually feeling great about it and how to choose your priorities and all this, why being strong and independent in the way that we are being taught today is not the right way. And then I, I talk a lot about femininity and actually feminine essence and why being in a female body is our greatest gift because I feel like, you know, as women today, as I said, we've rejected our womanhood and I find this very troublesome. I find it actually really sad to be in a female body but wanting to be a man. And of course, 
there are many, many underlining uh, reasons for it, it's, and generational reasons in terms of shame and power and everything. But I find it very sad that we don't realize this. We, I mean, this information is just not known. And so I'm not sure. So if you go to girlskill.com slash webinar, you're going to hit a page where there's going to be a workshop or a webinar. Um, which one exactly this is going to be is still um, questionable in, in terms of the exact thing because, you know, I'm going on maternity leave in about two months. So we're just setting up this thing where um, what is the best webinar out there uh, for me to put. But girlskill.com slash webinar is, is a page where you can get uh, you can sign up for, for this training. Um, and yes, all of my podcasts now I'm shifting actually from next year, I'm going to shift more into talking about um, subjects that are particularly related to women and, and all of this. I want to really interview women now that have stepped onto the journey of womanhood and femininity and really create this tribe of conscious women who, who, who are on the same page as, 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 as me and my experience and really want to live a life of fulfillment and ease and, you know, just happiness <laughs> and, and joy and not struggle so much. And because I know that I've talked to so many women and I myself, it's when you do this and realize and transform, as a woman, life just becomes very different, you know? You you stop pushing and struggling so hard and working so hard and go with your natural flow. So so that's what I would say. And, um, you know, whoever feels like, I mean, I'm coaching now, I'm building my coaching business. Um, I'm also offering free discovery calls one-on-one with women to talk about their specific situations, where they are where they want to get, what are the steps they can get there, and uh, to see if we're a good fit to work together. So that would be it. Fantastic. Wonderful. Um, Thank you so much for all the wisdom and insights that you shared today. I find your perspective very unique and just really feel your passion around this and, uh, and, and the way that women are uh, speaking up and creating greater impact and satisfaction, joy, pleasure, wealth in our lives and, and sharing that with our families, our partners, our communities, our children, and and it, it truly is a, a profound time to to be um, alive, right? And and repatterning some of these these ancient um, wounds and and uh, ways that the masculine and feminine have have been out of balance in in past generations. So I really encourage people to uh, check out your website and uh, and check out that free webinar training and continue to uh, speak up and just really want listeners to reflect on, you know, what really struck you today about what was shared and reflect on how you want to, uh, if there's someone you'd like to speak with that about, a conversation that is initiated from today's uh, talk and just uh, encourage people to really uh, continue to have these conversations that matter. Continue to think critically about money and success and what it means to be a feminine woman. And so thank you so much for sharing your wisdom here today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at iTunes. 
be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com. That's money-m-o-r-p-h-o-s-i-s.com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve.